Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Adam Learns Random Stuff. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. David Mothersill. He's an assistant professor of psychology at National College of Ireland and also an old friend and colleague. Today, we'll be discussing uh, an app that himself and his colleagues have developed that trains and tests for social cognition. So welcome, David. It's so nice to see you and talk to you again after all these years. Thanks very much, Adam. Great to see you again after so long. And thanks for having me on the podcast. Thank you again for, for being being my guest. Um, can you tell me something about your app and what drove you and your colleagues to develop it and, and what it does? Yeah, absolutely, Adam. So I'm particularly interested in social cognition and the role of social connection and social cognition in mental health. And you know, scientists believe that social interactions are a basic human need, like food or sleep. And the lack of social connection is associated with increased stress, poor sleep, and poor mental health. And a lot of my research has been focused on schizophrenia, which is a mm-hmm. complex mental health condition affecting right. like the 24 million people around the world, according to wow. the World Health Organization. And some individuals with schizophrenia struggle with social cognition. And social cognition refers to the basically the the mental processes that your mind uses to try and understand the thoughts and feelings of other people. So this Mm -hmm. includes things like automatic processes, like recognizing emotions from people's faces, Mm -hmm. and more deliberate processes, like trying to work out someone else's point of view or Mm -hmm. what someone's about to do. Mm -hmm. And our minds use these processes every day to help us connect with other people, to understand Mm -hmm. other people, and even to feel what other people are feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're reading a novel or you're watching a film, um, mm-hmm. your mind uses these processes to kind of help you understand the thoughts and feelings of the characters. So, you know, I, I, a lot of my research has been on the social neuroscience and on the social mm-hmm. brain. The social brain, you know, is a complex network of interconnected regions. Some of these regions, like the amygdala, deep inside the brain, mm-hmm. automatically direct our eyes to parts of the environment rich in social information, like mm-hmm. other people's eyes. Other parts of the brain, like including parts of the, the wrinkly outer layer of the brain, the cortex, mm-hmm. are specialized for detecting visual patterns like the human faces. Now, as I said, research suggests that many individuals with mental health difficulties like schizophrenia have difficulties with social cognition. These difficulties mm-hmm. can affect a person's feeling of connection to others, as well as their social and occupational function. Mm-hmm. So given the important role of social connection and mental health, helping people with social cognition might be one way to help with recovery and improve mm-hmm. the quality of life. Yeah. Now, with my app, um, working with Professor Gary Donahue in National mm-hmm. University of Ireland, Galway, over the last few years, We've been really focused on trying to understand social cognition in schizophrenia. But an important limitation with current research on social cognition is the use of pen and paper tests that use unrealistic stimuli and mm-hmm. require administration by a trained psychologist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's say you know, a person might perform poorly on a test where they're trying mm-hmm. to work out what a cartoon character is thinking. And yeah. maybe they just don't understand the cartoons, but they're actually very well able to understand people in real life. So we feel we felt that an important step in trying to better help people with social cognition 
is to mm-hmm. have better tools for actually measuring social cognition. Yeah. It's very difficult to measure. If you compare it to memory, I mean, the way mm-hmm. you carry out a memory task, it's yeah. kind of similar to the way you use memory in day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing some kind of test where you're trying to read emotions from a cartoon character or mm-hmm. a black and white photograph, that's not exactly the way you're using social cognition when you're talking to, to me right. or something like that. So we developed a new test, which we released as a free app for the Apple iPad earlier this year. And it's called, um, it's called CTOM for mm-hmm. Computerized Theory of Mind. The reason mm-hmm. it's called Theory of Mind, uh, CTOM, is because social cognition is sometimes called Theory of Mind. Mm-hmm. Although we don't have the ability to directly read people's minds, by looking at their emotions and trying to understand mm-hmm. their body language, we can build up a guess or a theory of what's going on inside their heads. Um, and so CTOM is also a pun because one of the actors in the app is, mm-hmm. we, let's call him Tom. And yeah. Can you see Tom? Can you yep, understand yep, Tom? Yep. So, and it's also a kind of a copy of the iPad, which is lowercase c and capital T-O-M. Mm-hmm. So CTOM uses videos of real actors as experimental stimuli. And mm-hmm. requires minimal input from the researcher or the psychologist to run. Kind of runs itself, it. which hopefully makes it a useful tool to measure social cognition quickly. And you know, it might in the future be useful in the clinic, or now that you know, a lot of research has been influenced by the pandemic, maybe future remote research would allow participants to complete these kind of tests from the comfort mm-hmm. of their own home, mm-hmm. which would really open up the research to, to more people. Now, right. before I describe the, the app in more detail, I should mention that a lot of the research using the app was delayed due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So the app has not been experimentally validated just yet. Mm-hmm. So we're using it right now in research into schizophrenia and in collaboration with University College Dublin, we're doing research mm-hmm. into autism with the app. Wow. And we're collecting a large data set made up of research participants from around Ireland. Um, which we would use to assess how useful the app is at measuring social cognition. So mm-hmm. people can use it now, they can download it for free, right. but I, I want to kind of add the disclaimer that it has not been validated. We, you know, we need to, we need to examine whether, how it compares to other tests of social cognition mm-hmm. and whether it's able to predict real world social functioning, you know, which would be what we'd love to see. So, um, it was designed in collaboration with Professor Gary Donahue. Um, in mm-hmm. National University of Ireland, Galway. And the app was coded uh, by Professor Jim Duggan, Connor O'Grady, and Jennifer Murray. And, you know, Adam, I'm, I'm like you, I'm not mm-hmm. computer savvy. So <laughs> this team did an absolutely brilliant job. The yeah. app was in my head for, mm-hmm. for years, um, yep. discussions with Gary and others. And literally, what was in my head, they mm-hmm. made a reality and they, they, it is exactly what was in my in my brain, you know, what I was thinking of. So they did a wonderful job, and I'm so grateful because, as I said, I, I don't know how to make an app myself. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's a, it's you know that the ability to take a concept, in particular a scientific experiment concept, and turn it into software um, is really huge and really contributes. I mean, that's one of the things that I learned a lot. A bit about when I was working at, at with you at, at Trinity in our in our master's program was like, you know, we had to create programs to run stimuli in in a functional MRI machine, and so we we had to make those things work, 
And that was kind of a fascinating task to me because it was taking something that was purely conceptual and making it real, which is one of the really neat things about programming that you can do. So I, I definitely appreciate that that piece of work and also the way that that can be so satisfying when you have that completed thing that you've done that you've collaborated with folks both on the idea side and on the production side. So it's pretty neat to hear about yeah, it. Absolutely. And it's a great feeling because as you know, Adam, a lot of research is the, the output of the research might be mm -hmm. beneficial to people in right. 20 or 30 years. And while right. that's very important, yeah, uh, it's also great to think about research that might be helpful to people or to other researchers in the more immediate future. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that that uh, and I don't know if this is one of the goals of your app, but I could certainly see it being one of the goals of being able to freely download. It can also allow people to use it and, you know, help themselves to a certain degree. They can they can say, oh, I missed that cue. But that's actually the cue that was given there. I don't know. I haven't tried it out. I don't know if it works that way, but um. yeah, that's a that's a really great uh, great question, Adam. And um, so, in its current form, I don't think the app will be capable of doing that. I, mm -hmm. I think I've learned a lot in making the app, and I don't want to be negative about it. But I think yeah. I've learned a lot about what the next version will be. Mm -hmm. But certainly, the vision that 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 I would have for future versions of this app would be exactly that: that it might mm -hmm. be beneficial to people to 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 better understand and even maybe even to help people improve their, their right. social cognitive ability the current version of the app does absolutely does not do that it's a purely mm -hmm. for measurement but uh, there's been you know a lot of interest in this field of cognitive remediation therapy and yeah i, I mentioned to you before my work with professor donahue in that area like we know from research on humans and non-human animals over the past 50 years that the nervous system is capable of changing in response mm -hmm. to new experiences through growth and reorganization and this mm -hmm. called neuroplasticity. And a lot of our research into schizophrenia has been in the area of cognitive remediation te uh, therapy, which is kind of behaviorally based training intervention to improve cognitive functioning. So while there's kind mm -hmm. of mixed evidence that brain training is effective for mm -hmm. the general population. Right, you, you right. You get better at the thing you're doing if it's an app or something, mm -hmm. but you don't, that doesn't really transfer to other areas. Right, right. In contrast, in clinical groups such as schizophrenia, there, there is growing evidence that cognitive remediation therapy leads to modest mm -hmm. improvements in cognitive processes like memory and attention. Mm -hmm. During my PhD with Professor Donahue, I was involved in a randomized controlled trial of cognitive of a cognitive remediation therapy program for individuals with, with schizophrenia. And it, it led to improvements in short-term memory and general cognitive ability, um, as well as improvements in social and occupational functioning. And we even did some fMRI and showed some changes in brain connectivity. Wow. After the cognitive uh, remediation therapy. However, I took a deeper look at the data in relation to social cognition. Mm -hmm. I published a study in 2018 in the European Journal of Neuroscience where we, we basically found that there was not really any effects on social cognition. Hmm. Now, our, our training program was very much focused on short-term memory, so Got it. probably not to be expected that it would be, mm -hmm. uh, we hoped maybe it would transfer to social cognition, but it seemed mm -hmm. that our program did not transfer to social Interesting. cognition. Interesting, yeah. And this suggests maybe that future 
cognitive remediation therapy programs, whether those are based mm-hmm. on behavior, face-to-face, or through an app or, or a computer program, they should probably include a social element mm-hmm. in where you know social cognition is explicitly trained. And yeah. there are, you know, in other groups, there are these training programs looking at the, you know, trying to improve social cognition and help people to read social social cues. Mm-hmm. And there's there's good evidence that, or growing evidence that this is a, this is helping people who have wow. maybe difficulties with social mm-hmm. cognition. Um, so that's really hopeful and really important. But what, what Gary and I taught was that, well, you know, an important piece of the puzzle here is mm-hmm. that we need better tools to measure social cognition. Yeah. So that's been our aim at the moment. But mm-hmm. certainly in the future, we would love to take this research and maybe develop something that mm-hmm. can help people with their social cognition. Yeah. It's, it's, I can definitely see C Tom V2. Exactly. Yeah. Or, 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 or B Tom. Yeah. <laughs> C and Tom, you could be Tom, you know, empathy. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely. You know, so that's, a, it's, I, I, I like the, the nomenclature, but also the idea that like you're taking practical steps to sort of help people based on research that you've done. And also, interestingly, from what you've just said, you saw a whole in the programs that you had worked on and you said, okay, this is a, it's an important area because it's your interest in research, but also it's an important area because you think it can help a lot and that you see deficits. um, Maybe that's not the right word, but in social cognition associated with schizophrenia and other, I said schizophrenia because I'm talking to an Irish person Uh, instead of schizophrenia, as I would say it in the U S you're going to start having me use the word adrenaline inappropriately. Um, Oh yeah, oh, nephron here. Nephron, yeah. yeah, so I think it's really interesting that you then also see the evolution into a space where it can be utilized to really help people at their own behest, which I think is a really complicated thing. And I know that there's a lot of research, and especially after the pandemic, like how can we help people help themselves? Because it's a hard world. It's hard to get a therapist these days. It's hard to get access to good psychiatric or psychological care. You know, all of those things are difficult to get. So being able to get some benefit from something you can download for free and help you, that's pretty awesome. And a lot of people are charging for that kind of thing. I mean, I have like a annual subscription to the Calm app, you know, <laughs> like, okay. yeah, yeah, you know, like those, those things are, they, they cost money. So something coming out of a university setting where you have people who are freely volunteering their time to a certain degree to develop produce and analyze these things the app is pretty awesome and and it's also pretty unusual it caught my eye for sure i'm like there's not a lot of people doing this kind of work so i think you deserve a lot of uh yourself and your colleagues deserve a lot of credit for that well thank you very much adam as i said it's definitely our future future vision not yeah. the version at the moment probably not but mm-hmm. the, like the it's just a measurement tool but definitely the future vision would be something along the lines of something that would be helping people and uh, training people. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny you mentioned that, it's people kind of taking it into their own hands because yeah. I, I really feel something that's really important to me, I think, is that including people in the research in a more active mm-hmm. way. So, mm-hmm. you know, since we worked together, um, you know, all those years ago and since my PhD, I've been very lucky to, to work with a lot of people mm-hmm struggling with some of these difficulties and i've learned yeah. so much about mental health from people 
that I've spoken to over the past 10 years in, in the research, in my lecturing role, and in my personal life. And I really think that in the future, research into mental health has to listen to more people with mental health difficulties mm-hmm. and treat more people as active collaborators in the research. Uh, I, I think that giving a greater platform to people to share their experiences also helps break down mental health stigma and, and kind of increase inclusion and acceptance. So yeah. we did, we were very receptive to feedback from individuals using this app who, mm-hmm. you know, who are the target audience of the app. Right. Um, and, you know, there's positive signs in the future, you know, like, in Ireland, we're seeing more patient and public involvement in research, um, mm-hmm. so PPI. I think it's probably the same in the United States, uh, which is, you know, this kind of push to for research to include more members of the public and mm-hmm. more, more people who are affected by the research topic itself. Right, right. I think that, that makes me very hopeful for the future. Because a lot That's... of my research at the moment is looking at mental health stigma, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is another topic that I really, you know, is really important. Yeah. And, um, you know, according to the World Health Organization, people with schizophrenia experience intense stigma, which causes yeah. social exclusion and negatively impacts relationships with other people. And, you know, the stigma is probably causing... Kind of a vicious cycle, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, here you are, you're already struggling with things. Oh, and yes, people don't don't think that you're you know, okay, and people are judging you, that's pretty hard, especially for someone with a difficulty with social cognition. Exactly. And of course, social isolation is mm-hmm. a negative impact on mental health. And yeah. it's probably having a negative impact on social cognition and the ability mm-hmm. to understand other people. Right. So so we've set up in, in National College of Ireland uh, with my colleagues, Dr. April Hargreaves and Dr. Jared Lockman, we've set up mm-hmm. a new research group focused on stigma and mental health and um, the stigma and mental health Ireland mm-hmm. lab or, or SAMI. That's and, cool. Yeah. And we're really excited because mm-hmm. when we started looking at this, it was really, really interesting. We, put, we published our first study last year mm-hmm. in the Irish Journal of Psychological Medicine. And yeah. we examined knowledge, attitudes and behaviors towards mm-hmm. schizophrenia, bipolar disorder and autism in um, 307 Irish adults just taken from the population. Mm-hmm. And we found that attitudes and behaviors towards people with schizophrenia were significantly more negative than attitudes and behaviors towards bipolar disorder or autism. Mm. And we, were, we were essentially replicating or trying to repeat research that was done in France, which uh-huh. pretty much got the same results. So yeah. like, it, it's really interesting that you know, what we're seeing in Ireland is similar to France. And we're actually repeating this now in a population representative sample of a thousand Irish adults. And we're carrying this out in Africa, in oh, wow. Liberia. Um, oh, that's awesome. In, in a similarly kind of mm-hmm. population representative sample of a thousand adults in Liberia. So that we can kind of compare yeah. attitudes towards mental health in Ireland compared to an African country. And mm-hmm. we're also, we want to look at mental health stigma in young people as well, because a lot of these mental health difficulties, including schizophrenia, uh, in many cases develop before the age of 25. Right. Well, That's the critical period, right? 19 exactly. to 25, roughly, for schizophrenia. Exactly. So The brain yeah. is still going through development. Yep. Um, and all these things are happening in a person's life. But young people are the age group least likely to seek help for their mental health. Mm. 
one of the key barriers, at least in Ireland, according to the research, yeah. is mental health stigma. Yeah. So, you know, we need to talk about this more. We need to challenge negative stereotypes. And we need to bring people with mental health difficulties into the research as active mm-hmm. partners and collaborators. Right. That makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. And it, and it also brings people in rather than pushing people out, which is kind of to me is like the whole picture comes together between social cognition and social interaction. You know, how are you going to develop social cognition if you don't have social interaction? You know, absolutely, Adam. And yeah. if people are like, "Oh, you're kind of creepy and weird. I don't really want to socially interact with you," then that's going to, as you said, isolate folks more. Um, and I, I think that it's interesting to me the concept of so much more stigma being put on folks with with schizophrenia than than other mental illnesses. Do you gather data at all about why, about those attitudes, about why folks might think that it's their fault or something, or what it is about the specific nature of schizophrenia that might lead to more stigma? That's a very good question, Adam. So we are carrying out that research. Mm-hmm. Um, we have lots of ideas, but really that's kind of ongoing. But we're, yeah. we're collaborating with several Irish charities, um, mm-hmm. uh, including um Headline, which is yeah. a Irish charity that examines the depiction of mental health and suicide in the Irish mm-hmm. media. And so we're mm-hmm. kind of looking at data from Twitter and data from newspapers. And we want to see yeah. what, you know, it, it's a really obvious question. Like we see this pattern where schizophrenia is viewed more negatively. Right. And why is that? And yeah. at the moment, we're starting small. We're looking at an Irish mm-hmm. context and saying, well, you know, right. what about our, you know, how is this depicted in Ireland? But we'd certainly like to broaden that out. And I think mm-hmm. you know, we have this opportunity with social media because we, we all are living our lives through social media. We're interacting <laughs> through Twitter. And while right. you know, people will have different opinions about that, one thing that, that we do get a lot of, well, we, we can capture a lot of data from Twitter mm-hmm. and we can use that. We're, we're working on that at the moment, trying to think yeah. in what way are people talking about these issues yeah. on social media and you know that that's really informative uh, because you know there's great mm-hmm. charities we have the green ribbon campaign in Ireland yeah. which is you know raising awareness about mental health and trying to break down mm. the stigma so we have these you know um, yeah great programs but it'd be really helpful to have a better idea of why what are the stereotypes yeah. and what role yeah. the media or all of us play challenging mm-hmm. stereotypes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really, you know, I, I as I was thinking about well, why could that be? I mean, I think actually some of it may be the time period in which it develops that we were just discussing. Like that time period in someone's life, I think, you know, you're thought of as an adult, right? Uh, whereas with autism, for instance, typically manifests much earlier in life. So there might be more compassion for children. And then it continues for, for, for many folks, but there's still more compassion because it's something that comes on in childhood. And I feel like possibly, certainly the media representations of schizophrenia, like every time you see a media rep- representation of schizophrenia, it's like somebody who, who you know, is violent or dangerous or, you know, has split personality disorder, which is almost exceedingly rare, if not non-existent, you know, all of those things I can certainly see as contributory to the negative attitude. But I also wonder if it's just like 
you know, people in that age range where schizophrenia often manifests are seen in a different way in society. Yeah, it, it's really interesting, Adam. And I, mm-hmm. I could put my hand up and say, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a complex yeah. question. And I think there's, there's a, a, a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Two things have surprised us with this research. The first thing yeah. was that there was these negative attitudes um, that we were seeing with, with quite strong statistical findings. Yeah. Maybe stronger than a lot of our neuroscience statistical findings. He is more than 0.05. I <laughs> am <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, you know, this is like really strong findings. But the second yeah. thing that surprised us is there's so many questions we have, like the questions you've asked that when mm-hmm. we're sitting around and talking about this, me and my colleagues, like we look up the study and we're like, well, the study hasn't been done. Right, <laughs> you know, right. It, it's, it, there's, there's so much that needs to be done. Now, you know, there is a lot that has been done already, but there, there is more work to be done, I think, clearly here. And mm-hmm. of course, it's an ongoing thing. Society's changed. So, you know, stigma towards a, a group of people 20 years ago might not be the same as stigma towards that group now. It could be mm-hmm. better or it could be worse. And I right. really think that by a better understanding stigma and prejudice, it's probably going to help mm-hmm. us understand the way people are prejudiced to lots of different mm-hmm. people. And that's a, a larger mm-hmm. issue as well. Yeah. I almost see like see Tim and it's for people who don't have mental health difficulties to better understand people who do. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, I, I, I can see a lot of, I just really love where you're going because I think it's such a such a great way to help people and that that's clearly your motivation, you know? I, and, and, you know, I was in the research game for a little while. I've, I've been a part of it and, you know, it, it, it isn't something that I continued with. And I know that the, the idea of being able to practically impact people's lives with the research that you do is always something that I found really super attractive. So the fact that you're doing that and you intend to continue to do that in a way that's not only like easy for people to access, but also um, caretaken, I guess is the term that I would use. I sense a great deal of caretaking on your part and your colleagues' part in terms of figuring out how to best help people rather than how to best make your research popular. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it, 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 it's a different feeling because mm-hmm. you know, I, I get the buzz from a paper in a you know yeah, a high yeah. impact journal, and it right, it, right. It, it feels great. But there's mm-hmm. also like a, another feeling when you're you feel that the research is going to help people, you know. Yeah, uh, and it, as well, you know, and, and that's a that's a that's another a, a different type of feeling. And it's great, like working in National College of Ireland. Um, we are a designated autism-friendly higher education ah. institution. Oh. And I wasn't involved at all in setting that up. But give credit to the, to the <laughs> college. But it's great to be part of a college mm-hmm. like that because this is where we want to kind of, this is the kind of thing mm-hmm. we want our research to contribute mm-hmm. towards where yeah. we're trying to make the community, the, the college community, more yeah. inclusive and to help people. Um, so, so I think it's 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 really great that they're doing that, and um, long may that work continue. Yeah, yeah, and I can certainly see your work coinciding with the, the work of that center. You know, really, really makes a lot of sense because I know that social cognition is a huge 
area of research in, in autism. Um, so that yeah, makes a lot absolutely. of sense. Yeah. Um, so they're going to, I can see some a lot of future crossover between uh, your research and, and that, the, that center. And, and I'm so glad that you landed at a, such a neat place, um, you know, after all these years of since we, we were together at Trinity a long time ago now. It's so neat to see people doing all of this wonderful stuff in the world. Well, yeah, and I, I want to say as well, Adam, just on a personal note, that uh, mm-hmm. like, when I finished my master's, I was a bit lost. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't go straight to PhD, I yeah. wanted to go down a more cognitive neuroimaging route, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't have the skills for that. And you really mm-hmm. gave me a lot of mentoring and guidance at that time, and you were really instrumental in landing that research assistant position. You know, really? I don't even remember that. <laughs> I was just—I was so confused. I applied mm-hmm. for some PhD positions, which I mm-hmm. didn't get because I didn't have the neuroimaging skills. Yeah, and, and you really helped. Um, guide me um and that led to the the work i did um with uh on the imaging project Mm -hmm. and then that led you know to my phd with gary donahue who you know phd very closely aligned with the imaging project and using similar Mm -hmm. fmri masks and things so you know you played an instrumental role in that and so it's a great opportunity to thank you for giving (laughs) me that home Thank um, you. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know it, and I really appreciate it. And you know that feeling you were talking about, where you get where you help somebody. You just gave it to me, so thank you. <laughs> well deserved. And um, I think on that note, I think um, it's probably about time to end. So thank you so much for being on. I told you it will go fast. It is. And it always does. Yes. I'm really excited to see where you go with this stuff, and I hope you can come back on when when. Uh, C Tom V2 is out or C Tim is out or even if something else has happened. I'd love to talk to you again. Brilliant. Love to come on again. Thanks very much, Adam. Thank you.